who's joining us from different parts of the world. Incredible to keep doing this. My name is Shamin Tan. I'm your host for today. I am also the founder of Cyber Risk Meetups, and uh, my day job is really an executive advisor with Privasec, an Australian security consulting firm. And yeah, really excited to see a lot of familiar faces and people who are joining us from everywhere. So this is the Mega C-Suite <laughs> series. We are now in episode six. And for those who are joining us for the first time, just a quick background to what we're all about. We are really just about community, bringing people together, you know, from the same industry or people who are even new to the industry and encouraging conversations, learning and exchanging of insights. So we started out in 2017. It's a purely voluntary thing that we are doing, you know, um, all the chapter leads are just doing it because out of passion, really. And we started this in Sydney um, and then it just grew to Melbourne, Perth, Brisbane, Singapore and recently this year started off in Japan and Japan already has been doing a lot of great um, meetups and virtual events too. So we are about 3000 people now across the six cities. So if you're new to us, uh, join us on cyberriskmeetup.com to stay up to date uh, on events and even on podcasts. And the last few episodes that we have had, uh, we have seen amazing guests, you know, from Dan Lawman, the first, um, Saizo for Michigan and the 50 states and in the US. Uh, we have had we sat down with the CFO, the CRO, Chief Strategy Officer, pretty diverse group of people, but from the leadership team to hear their perspective. And today I'm really, really excited because we have a very interesting episode actually in store for you. So as you can see, you can see I have with me Casey Fleming, and we are going to be talking about the hybrid warfare. And this is an area where he has an extensive experience. Maybe I'll, what I will do is I'll let Casey Fleming introduce himself and tell you a bit more about what he does. Casey, go for it. Sure. Sure. Well, thank you for having me and, uh, and offering me the time to speak today. Um, uh, I'm excited to join everybody to, uh, today on this presentation. And it's covering hybrid warfare. My background uh, back in the day, I founded IBM Cyber Division, the early uh, primordial soup of the IBM Cyber Division back in the day, and that's uh, three decades ago. Today, it's known as IBM Cyber. So I've been doing cybersecurity, I guess, as long as anyone. So uh, what we did about 10 years ago, we wanted to find out really what uh, you know, we're all focused on protecting what we have, right, in cybersecurity. But we wanted to take a different approach. We want to say, well, who's who's doing this? Who are the bad guys? And we we took the focus on that piece of it, and it uh, what it caused us to have to start a uh, an intelligence group. We have an intelligence team and an intelligence group, an intelligence network, which provides us geopolitical intelligence on who's really doing everything from not just a cyber perspective, but there's a much bigger picture here. And I'm going to help connect the dots for you today on this uh, on this presentation. The bigger picture is called hybrid warfare. Mm. Uh, the textbook definition is called asymmetric hybrid warfare. In other words, attacking from all different angles um, and, uh, and to weaken your opponent or your adversary by coming at all these other different angles. It's called the gray zone. In other words, the, the gray zone or gray area between peace and war. So when we're all out in our jobs every day and everybody in this audience, we're all doing our jobs, but we're not really familiar with what's really going on in the big picture. 
you're going to get that in this presentation, mm -hmm. in this discussion today. Again, it's called the, the textbook term is called asymmetric hybrid warfare, AHW or hybrid warfare for short. And again, that's where the adversary has a strategy of hybrid warfare to weaken you from all these different angles. It's rooted mm -hmm. in Asian, Asian martial arts theory. So punch here, kick there, kick over here, punch here to continue to weaken. And again, it's called the gray zone. Our companies are on the front lines in the gray zone between peace and war. What does that mean? It means mm. that our companies that were being attacked, number one, to steal our innovation and to steal our intellectual property, innovation, trade secrets, sensitive data, anything that, uh, that powers your company that can go back to the other country and power their economy with no charge for research, development, no cost, as well as no cost for money and no cost for time. So think about it, if it takes seven years to develop this technology, it doesn't matter what it is, then you're bypassing those seven years of time and you're bypassing those seven years of investment to be able to, and what happens is they're taking Australian uh, technology and innovation, they're taking Japanese technology and innovation, uh, uh, British, American, Canadian, all of the West, is uh, our adversaries are focused on this taking that innovation back, producing it in a year or two with their manufacturing machine, and then selling it back to your customers at 45 and 50 cents on the dollar. So the question is, how long can you compete doing that? So it's the, and they call it the gray area between peace and war. And, yeah. and what that is, is that we are conditioned in the West, we're conditioned to think that war is binary. It's it's on or off. Well, binary, I'm talking to a bunch of computer people. You guys know what it is. It's on or off. So um, binary, uh, meaning that you're either in war or you're not. And mm. you're being attacked or you're not. There's uniforms, there's planes, there's ships, there's bombs. That's war, right? Well, not this type of war. This war is a hybrid war and it's everything short of conventional warfare. And so that's what I'm speaking about, economic warfare, uh, 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 drug warfare, religious warfare, I mean, you name it, there are over a hundred different methods of hybrid yeah. warfare. Uh, mm. I'm going to share a slide with you now uh, that shows you there's three different categories. One is uh, uh, non-military, another, yeah. this, the center category is trans-military, and the other category is military. And so what these are, are all, these are 42 of the top different methods that your adversaries use against you. People say, well, who are the adversaries? Well, you guys already know who it is. They say, well, how big and how severe is it? Number one, the severity is at extreme. They've been doing this since 1986, month number three, which is their program, 863. And what I'm speaking about is uh, Communist China, the Chinese mm -hmm. Communist Party. They've been in power since they've been in, in uh, business since 1921 and in power since 1949. So for 70 years, they've been attacking the West. And in 1986, they made it a nation state program again called uh, Program 863. I'll just give you my, my paraphrase on that. Basically, we're going to lie, cheat and steal any way that we have to to completely destroy democracy and take over the world. And what this is all under, the, the bigger picture, I mean, the extreme big picture is called great power competition. And what you see is usually about every 50 to 70 years, 
you have a, a totalitarian regime or two. Russia is another one that's on the radar screen, and to a lesser degree, uh, North Korea, Iran, and, and a few others. But uh, and notice that all of those are, are all communist regimes, except for Iran, which might as well be a communist regime. It's a totalitarian, a totalitarian state. So what you have is basically you've got communism versus democracy and the free world. That's really what's going on here. It's great power competition. The strategy they use is hybrid warfare. The gray zone is where they operate in that hybrid warfare. And it's not, it's not anything we've been trained on. We've spent the past 10 years becoming experts in this area. And like I tell you, I've told you before, I mentioned earlier that we've got an intelligence group and a global intelligence network. And we advise governments, militaries mm -hmm. in the US Congress, uh, even, uh, uh, and we focus on the private sector because the private sector, like I said, is on the front lines in, uh, in, uh, in this thing. So the infiltration that's going on by the Chinese Communist Party uh, mm. to a much lesser degree, the Russians and so on, infiltration, subversion. Uh, I would ask for you guys to tune back in or, or uh, log back into this presentation and we will post additional slides for you uh, to yeah. share with others on infiltration and subversion. They're very busy and I didn't want to include, include them now because I wanted the focus mm -hmm. to be really on this slide here, which is, uh, I always call this the money slide. You're paying <laughs> all this money to be in this conference, right? So here's the money slide that you're paying for. You know, uh, tell me what I need to know. Let me be the most important person in my company or my university uh, in cocktail conversations. Well, here's your slide. Take a picture of it, put it on your phone and uh, pull it out and show it to people that you've been through the training to be a hybrid warfare expert. So, you know, we talk about economic warfare and financial mm -hmm. warfare, business warfare, trade warfare, all of them that are in red are really um, focused on uh, uh, the, the business side and the financial side of, of hybrid warfare. You've got propaganda warfare where they like, uh, in the United States, in the United States, the Chinese Communist Party has a company called the Dahlia Wanda Group, and they bought production studios, motion picture studios, and they drive propaganda through those motion pictures, those studios, and so on. Mm. And propaganda, what you're seeing now with a lot, a lot of the things that are happening in Australia right now, you're seeing really the very evil teeth coming out of the Chinese Communist Party, where they, in the past, they wanted to be uh, business partners. They wanted to be economic partners. They wanted to manufacture for the free world and so on. What you're seeing now is that we support Hong Kong staying, uh, staying free. Chinese Communist Party says, stay out of it. We're taking over mm -hmm. Hong Kong. And then we're going to punish you. Uh, we're going to punish you, uh, uh, Australia, and the United States, and anybody else, anybody else who wants to stand up to uh, to the Chinese Communist Party and get in the way of them taking over over Hong Kong and no longer making them or keeping them as a free uh, a free entity. So in the center part, you've got uh, espionage warfare, information, which is now called cognitive warfare. So when you're seeing all this unrest around the world and what you're seeing in the United States and so on, a lot of that is stirred up by, by disinformation that's being put mm -hmm. out through uh, bots, through I'm sorry, through information and cognitive warfare. So this is all around us. It doesn't matter if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Ghana, if you're in Cape Town, if you're in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, uh, Perth, 
Melbourne, Sydney, I'm going around. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The United States, uh, any anywhere there's a free world or a free nation state, this is the strategy that's being used to weaken your nation state, to destroy democracy, and to take over the take over the world and make it communist Chinese. And the communist Chinese, or the Chinese version of communism, is very evil. And, and again, I, I want to say one thing about the Chinese people and the Chinese culture. This is not an assault on the Chinese culture or the Chinese people. However, there is one China. It is being controlled and has been controlled for since 1949. It's been controlled by the communist regime of the Chinese Communist Party. So there is only one China. When you're doing business with China, you're doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. They, they absolutely control the country. They control all the information going in and coming out of China. And, and everyone must understand that it's not the China we want them to be. It's the China that they are today and they've shown us in the past through all of their actions. Um, the Chinese Communist Party has murdered and killed up to uh, 77 million of their own people. They do live human organ transplants, two million over the past 10 years. It is not a friendly regime. So what you're seeing, it, it needs to be taken very, very seriously. And they say, well, how bad is it? How big is it? Um, you've heard of the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Well, the Chinese Communist Party and the threat to the free world is a 3,200-pound gorilla. Russia is like a 400-pound gorilla, and the other guys, uh, North Korea, Iran, and a few others are, uh, are less than that. The big one to watch and the big one to be concerned about is the Chinese Communist Party. So you've got their strategy in front of you with this slide. So when mm. you see things happening that don't make sense, they make sense now. We've connected the dots for you today. Uh, we've spent 10 years doing it. We, like I said, we advise governments and militaries around the world. Uh, and we focus on the private sector because the private sector is really where the focus is by mm. the Chinese Communist Party, uh, stealing innovation, um, uh, so implanting them, their, their, themselves in networks and so on. Over, yes, yeah. Shemaine. No, I'm just wondering, because you say, you know, you focus heavily on the private sector, right? So what can they do with this information? Because how can a private sector compete or even try to uplift their security posture to even match for example, when you're talking about geopolitical stuff, it's it's hard, right? You can never go against that. What are practical ways that they can do to help themselves? Let's say if they need that to is, do business, for example, China. That is an excellent question. Uh, so number one, you are your company is or your university is definitely fighting a nation state, that it's infiltrating your company and your university and your country, and your banks. Uh, everything, I mean, absolutely everything where there is any innovation, uh, any technology, intellectual property, sensitive data. So what can you do? Number one, you are informed by being on this presentation or a part of this presentation. There's a There will be a link to this presentation that you can send to your personal network. Make sure that your leaders in your company, your CEO, your managing director, your board of directors, your general counsel, get a copy of this presentation and leave it up to them. Now, what this is, this is a cultural change in your organization. It's how culturally, how do we deal with data? How do we work with employees? How do we mm -hmm. identify other employees who are infiltrating us? How do we take care of our data? How do we hire our people? And how do we continue to monitor 
the protection of our intellectual property and so on. Also, if you're doing any business in China, whether you're having manufacturing done or uh, uh, in other locations, uh, you know, you have to understand that China will get the, their full intent is to steal your innovation and your uh, and and it basically take you, put you out of business um, and to kill your economy in your country. So the biggest thing I can recommend is is that you're you're getting the pre, you're getting an intelligence presentation right now. This slide is the money slide of an intelligence presentation. Every one of these items, there's 42 on this slide, there's over 100, is a 30-minute presentation in and of itself. So my recommendation is to get this information to the leaders of your company or your university and let them know that it's extremely serious and you're at war. And it's a war you've never been trained for. It's a war you're not familiar with. And it's a war that's that's coming from left field because it is. It's been coming for decades, but it's mature at this point right now. And you've actually seen the Chinese Communist Party over the last year and specifically since COVID, you've seen them come out and be absolute bullies. And so they're they're you're gonna see them try to take over even more and more, not just geographically, ge geographically with the, the South China Sea, with uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, other you know other certain countries in Africa, uh, even uh, even make some of these plays that are happening uh, in other countries as far as unrest and supporting that unrest. We have evidence that the Chinese Communist Party has been supporting some of the unrest in the United States. So uh, we're very aware of that in in our intelligence community. Um, and I'm speaking I'm speaking of the Black Ops Intelligence Committee. Yes, back to you, Shanae. No, sorry, I just saw a question that came in from the audience, actually. So one of the listeners is asking, does China sign up to things like copyright protection? Would those things help us, actually? Absolutely not. Um, in fact, China thumbs their nose at all the laws that we have in the free world. The free world enjoy laws uh, of how we'll treat each other in business and universities and treat each other. We've all agreed to international law. China says those are your laws, they're not our laws. And in fact, those laws bind you, they handcuff you, so we can do, we can run all over you because you can't come after us because of your international laws. And, and, we, and, and so on top of that, the Chinese Communist Party is taking patents that are, they're taking your patents and patenting them in their, in their own name. They're and so the point is they're building their own economy, their own world order, with belt, uh, silk, uh, silk Road and uh, the Silk and Belt Road and so on. So uh, make no mistake, any patents, copyrights, laws that you have are absolutely uh, null and void when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party. Hmm. That's a great, another great question and please keep them coming. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've got a question sure. for you, Casey, because you have seen a lot, right? Uh, even working with the White House, working with the Defense, Department of Defense, Congress, and the private sectors as well. What are the what are some practical stories that you can share with us that you've seen of smaller companies, you know, being targeted, and like what are lessons learned that you know from it that we can take away from? It's it's across the board, honestly. Um, I remember when I first. 10 years ago, when I first got into this, my first week was like, no, they, they can't be doing this. No, they're not doing this. It's, this isn't, this is, this is conspiracy stuff. And then after two or three weeks, you start to wake up because of the volume. 
And then, then people ask me when I go out to speak, how do you deal with this? It's like, and I say, well, it's kind of like being an emergency room doctor in a hospital, right? After the first, you know, after the first few days, you're shocked and, and amazed and, and you want to quit. And after a while, you become hardened and you have scar tissue. And then it's like whatever comes through those doors, you've seen it a hundred times before. Today, the sheer volume I cannot impress upon you of how much the Chinese Communist Party is infiltrating, subverting, and completely damaging the free world and democracy. And what I would say is to anyone in the audience who wants to, to look at more detail in this, is that we, we post relevant articles to hybrid warfare on our company page on mm. LinkedIn. So go to our company page on LinkedIn. I'd recommend that you follow us, our company page, and then go to that company page and, and just page it's down. Black Ops Partners, right? That's the name of the it's LinkedIn. Black Ops Partners. Go to LinkedIn. Guys to follow that. Bar, go to Black Ops Partners Corporation and then say, follow us, and then just start uh, paging down on the company page. And you'll see, you'll see all those different types of things. I mean, years ago, they started uh, tapping our undersea cables to all of our countries, all of our undersea internet cables to, to steal information, data, not just commercial, but military. And um, uh, they are, they've launched their own satellite system to, to deploy their own GPS network and to disable the free world's uh, GPS network. So when I speak about hybrid warfare, I really mean hybrid warfare. And what's mm. happening inside of companies, they, uh, they've been building uh, technologies and books and profiles and portfolios of your industry, and they may, may need this specific formula or this specific professor. And they, what they do is they, they'll, they'll buddy up to your professors or your, your vice presidents or your CEOs uh, at conferences and they'll, they'll play to your ego. One thing I'd recommend everyone watching this presentation do is buy mm -hmm. the book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu oh, and put it on your desk. It's a yeah. short read, buy it for your boss and put it on his desk or her desk and read it once a year because that's what's going on. And this is the new world order. This is how business is being conducted now on a global basis. This is being, this strategy, hybrid warfare is the global business strategy, whether you like it or not. And you, the, the sooner you understand it, the better. So you can understand and not just survive through all this, this onslaught by China, CCP, Russia, FSB, um, but that you can not only survive, but you can you can uh, thrive in this environment, uh, knowing how they're coming mm -hmm. at you and how they're attacking you and so on. I mean, the honeypot situation where they where they use sex to to get technology or to get what they want out of the company, whether it's a restaurant or a bar or online or on dating sites. LinkedIn is a number one uh, uh, espionage tool for the Chinese Communist Party and the Russian FSB. Facebook is the worst uh, uh, platform. If you're using Zoom, Zoom is a Chinese communist platform. It's the, it was, the company is led by a uh, Chinese national in the United States. The technology was developed in communist China, run by the CCP, and it's, uh, and, and it's, be, and it's banned by the, the, by the United States government. 
So there are there are Chinese applications uh, that you want, Chinese Communist Party applications. Remember, there's only one China, and that would be uh, yeah, Zoom, uh, TikTok, uh, uh, I you believe SurveyMonkey, survey and some of these other mm -hmm. applications you need to be aware of. Yes, Shemaine, please. Oh, sorry. I'm just wondering if you can go into further details when you mention like TikTok, Zoom, and all that, right? How can this information be used um, by the CCP? Because people might think it's a very harmless um, channel, but they might not be aware of what, what is the data going to be used and how they're going to be used well, against. Think about our audience today. We're all, we're all, most of us are geeks, most of us are IT, and we're, uh, we're propeller heads, right? So the answer is you download an app on your phone, that app has total, total control over your, over your smartphone. So that means all of, your, all of your emails are now sent to the Chinese Communist Party that is being in, interpreted by artificial intelligence. And all of your emails, all of your pictures, all of your texts, all of your contacts, all of your phone numbers, you get my point. And then all of your, your web searches, your browsing, Everything you do on your smartphone now goes through Chinese Communist Party, to, through the but Chinese Communist Party. But individuals might be wondering, like, what does it mean? Like, why is that important to the CCP? I have no relations to them. You know, why why do they want to collect all this information? Well, if you're sending if, if you're sending business emails with a contract, now they know uh, what your company's doing, your pricing, who who your customer, your your targeted customer is. Uh, what what level of power you have or authority you have in your company? Um, if you're what if you're sending an email, um, we know that uh, the Chinese Communist Party targets anyone who flies on an airplane and stays in a hotel in another city, let alone in a foreign city, that you're targeted because the Chinese Communist Party knows that they're not going to fly you. Your company is not going to fly you anywhere if you don't if you don't have valuable information for the Chinese Communist Party and their mission. So by, by the sheer means that they're putting, for example, if I live in Washington DC and they fly and my company flies me to New York or Chicago or Atlanta, it's, you know, they're not gonna put me on an airplane if I don't have very strong value with my company. And the same thing, if they're gonna fly me out of the United States to London or Sydney or, or Singapore or Tokyo, same thing, even a much bigger target. And that same, that's for every company uh, and every university that's out there. Because in the free world, a lot of our universities take, take our government money and develop technologies and innovation. And so, our, and so that technology and innovation is now a target by the CCP. By the way, the United States alone two years ago peaked at 405,000 Chinese students at US universities. And I will tell you that the Chinese Communist Party uh, treats and, and, and trusts each one of those students and considers each one of those students as an asset to the Chinese Communist Party. So there's, when you want examples, there's literally thousands of examples that I can show you and tell you the place to start is the company page on LinkedIn. And, I, and after about three weeks looking at that company page on LinkedIn, you will absolutely have the confidence to deliver this type of presentation to any audience that you want to deliver it to. Mm, uh, do we have you. any other questions that need to be answered yes. out there? There's another question that has come in. So um, it's from Paul. He wants to find out how would your company search for 
um, and like classified information on this topic. You know, how do you determine who to share these observations with and through what mechanism or processes? Well, uh, we have our own methods. They're they're very secret. They're we call them black uh, or black operations. Uh, the way that we train. First of all, who we who we discuss this information with, and then secondly, who we transmit it to. Um, and I certainly cannot share that on a public uh, a public uh, video platform uh, that's going to be that's going to be uh, uh, spread all around the world. So I can't share that. But what I can say is, uh, you know, take it very seriously. Your company, your university is under attack daily, hourly. Um, uh, we all need to band together as, as companies, universities, private sector, military, governments. What I, what I will mention to everybody on the call today is the United States came out last, uh, just a couple of months ago in February, uh, and came out with their national counterintelligence strategy for 2020 through 2022, so two years. In that, I'll just give you a, one of the major bullets. We cannot fight a nation state alone. So we have to fight a whole of nation approach with a whole of nation response. And I wanna communicate that to all of our free world brothers and sisters that are out there that I consider all of you on this presentation and all of you that watching this at a later date, I consider you all brothers and sisters of the free world in this battle together. So that national counterintelligence strategy should be shared with your, your leaders in your company, your university, and so mm -hmm. on, and take a lesson from what we've learned as a country, that it takes, it's requiring an all of nation response to an all of nation attack. Um, so that's one thing I want to share with everybody and, and the seriousness of it and, and some of the lessons mm -hmm. learned. But I wish I could share more with you on the details. Another thing is, well, what does Black Ops Partners do? And I'll tell you, we give uh, executive intelligence briefings to C-levels, CEOs, and boards of directors of companies and, and the equivalent in universities. Uh, we also do a risk assessment, which is an existential risk ass assessment. Nothing like you've ever done before, because if 50% of your IP is stolen, what are you going to do? If the, if when is the other shoe going to drop and the other 50% goes, or another 25% goes, and you're now working off of only 25% of your your IP that you've been planning on in your in your strategy, your five-year strategy, your 10-year strategy. So what are you going to do? So it's an existential risk to your company and your university that you've never faced before. Your your CEO has never faced before. Your board of directors have never faced before. And they've never been trained in it. So how do you train them? I can't show you a PowerPoint presentation and make you understand. You won't be able to recall it in, in the heat of this hybrid battle, this hybrid warfare battle. So what we do is we do war gaming. And we we put your C-levels and your CEO in a war game for a day or two, and we beat you up hybrid warfare with your products. We fight, we make you fight your products in the market against hybrid warfare. And, and therefore we, we teach you experientially how to fight. And, and this, this environment that's new to you, it's not new to your adversaries. They've been doing this since 1986, but that's what we do. 
and we help convert your company, I'll tell you one other piece of it. IT and cybersecurity are in there. Let me back up. There are three levels of strategy in every organization, whether it's military, business, government, um, university. There are three levels of strategy. The lower level is tactical strategy, tactical. The center layer is operational, and the top layer is strategic. We across the world have always put IT and cybersecurity is an extension of IT, right? Because the CEOs and C-levels didn't know what to do with it, so they flipped it over the fence to the geeks, right? And I'm a, I'm a self-professed geek, um, but I've grown, okay? And, uh, and so will you through this presentation. But anyway, cybersecurity has always been at the tactical layer in the organization. Your adversary has always been at the strategic layer just by the sheer order or the sheer fact that they can attack you. So they're attacking you from the strategic layer, but you're responding, your company, your university, your executives are responding from the tactical layer, understood? So what we do is we help you move from the tactical layer to the strategic layer. That's based on geopolitical intelligence, hybrid warfare training, and, and by the way, one thing is very critical, don't forget your supply chain. Your supply chain has all of your IP, and your innovation and the Chinese Communist Party goes after your weakest links typically in your organization as well as your supply chain. So those are, uh, those are the big nuggets and I'm happy to share those with, with my colleagues and I'm open to other questions that you guys have. Hmm. And it's also a conversation, right? Like I like what you say, you're looking at it from a strategic point of view and it's not just also getting the IT people involved is really talking at a bigger level to bringing in the business, you know, talking to your CEOs, educating them and helping them to be aware, not just CEO, but the other C-suites and the board as well. Uh, would love for this to go on. It's really good, but we only have time for just one quick question. So um, another audience has brought it back to something you mentioned about like um, a lot of the other apps you talk about, right? But a lot of US companies are doing business in China. And then um, can you give them a specific advice on how they can protect themselves some examples maybe quick examples and also like there's a lot of concern over here about zoom because they say zoom is still widely used in the us in the private sector um they mentioned about in singapore as well they've been using zoom in the singapore courts and, and stuff like that so what kind of advice would you give them my personal advice my personal advice is don't use zoom unless you're using it for family stuff to talk to the kids or or education, but anything that anything to do with a company, a university, don't use Zoom. The United States government has banned it because it's loaded with espionage, and uh, and it's a CCP espionage tool. Um, so uh, one thing I will say, and I want to emphasize that this this is a cultural change um, in the organization, and it has to, it must be led by the CEO and the board of directors. And so this is who must lead it for any of this change to take place and to be real. Now you said, what what are what can you tell companies that are doing business in China? Yeah, like a specific what, advice to protect themselves. Well, number one, you need to have an exit strategy to get out of China. So don't, number one, shut down any new intellectual property you're sharing with China, any new innovation you're sharing with China, any future plans to manufacture in China. And the reason right. is, if you just look at what's happened with COVID, 
if you've looked how the Chinese Communist Party has handled COVID, you've got to, you, you now understand, I mean, there's no better playbook. There's no better, what we say in the United States, there's no better DNA, no better video, no better book, no better uh, bystander, no better witnesses to what's going on with the Chinese Communist Party and their ultimate uh, uh, strategy and goal to do to eliminate democracy and to do that through hybrid warfare, which is economic espionage and, and the whole gamut that we just spoke about earlier. So number one, shut down all, you know, uh, two, three or four years ago, the Chinese Communist Party said, listen, if you're going to do business in China, you must give us all of your intellectual property. You must give us your source. If you're software, you must give us your source code. You must give us your hardware, your microcode, your firmware. And companies were handing it over. They're like, well, we want to sell to China. What people don't understand, what companies, number one, companies don't understand, over 60% of Chinese people are still poor. They're, 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 uh, they fall below the poverty line. Over 60% of the Chinese people. And once again, I have to stress, this, we, are, we are together with the Chinese people. We are together with the Chinese culture. We are together with Chinese Australians, Chinese Americans, Chinese uh, Japanese. Um, we have our 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 beef, our concern is not with the Chinese people; it's with the Chinese Communist Party. So back to the question: What will you, what do you tell CEOs of American companies and UK companies and Australian companies? Shut down all intellectual property. Shut down all innovation. Uh, any new innovation, intellectual property, and have an exit strategy to get out of China. You're only accelerating uh, slitting your own throat by allowing China to produce products and, and to have Australian dollars, uh, Japanese yen, United States dollars, British pounds going back to China to be used against us in hybrid warfare. So if if nothing else, understand and and if you don't know, go back and look how the Chinese Communist Party uh, responded, acted, and controlled the COVID outbreak. Forget about the conspiracy theory origins of you know that's all that's still out there, and I think you'll see that come out two years from now when the truth really comes out. Um, but look at how they they stockpiled PPE for 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 only use in China. And that was in January that they started uh, 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 stockpiling P PPE and not providing, and they were the world's manufacturers of PPE for the world, as well as pharmaceuticals and so on and so forth. So uh, have an exit strategy, get out of China, find another friendly country to, uh, to manufacture that you need to manufacture in. Understand that this is great power competition understand that the Chinese Communist Party has declared war on the free world. I didn't, I don't like it. I, I wish I, I wish I'd be retired now sipping a drink on a private little island somewhere, but our countries are calling us to action. And I've just enlightened everybody on this, on this uh, presentation. And I would like everyone to send this presentation, the links to, uh, to everybody in your network and, uh, and your company. And, uh, and again, this, the change will only happen in your company and your university if it's with the CEO and the board of directors. So back to you, Shemaine. Thank you, Casey. That is very, very informative. And you have shared so much in just the last 40 minutes. 
Uh, and I love what you said because at the end of the day, you know, it's it can it's not hopeless. Like it starts with us, the individuals, being aware of it first, and then learning how we can help bring our company along in this journey as well. To think strategically, be aware, and think of the right exit strategy too. And to bring these conversations to the CEO and to the board, it starts from us. So I love what you've shared. Thank you very much. I know it's not a simple topic. It's actually very complex, and it takes a lot of courage to be able to do it in such a public platform as well but you know it's great we have to start somewhere we want to keep this conversation going so the links to even casey and his company and his profile is all go to, going to be provided together with his additional slides uh what we're going to do it's a shame we've come to the end of this amazing uh session but it will continue on so feel free to catch up to this episode on the cyber risk meetup youtube channel and share this with your friends, as Casey mentioned, with your colleagues, people around you. And uh, it will also be on the podcast, part of the Mega C-Suite Stories. The links are here. Again, it will be sent to you guys after that. Um, just a very quick shout out to our community sponsors, Mimecast, for really encouraging and just backing us so that we can continue to run all the different events and series. Also to My Security Marketplace for being our cyber risk meetup partners and Privacy. So my security marketplace, they have also a lot of good resources, events, podcasts, articles, um, books even. Yeah, so there's a lot you can check it out. And Privacy, the company I work for, we do a lot of work in GRC, rate teaming, pen testing, drone security and things like that. So any questions you have, feel free to also reach out to myself and to Cybersecurity Magazine, the Isaka Sydney Chapter, and the Saya Network for being our community supporter. So big shout out to them. And with that, we have come to the end of the session. So thank you everyone for being here with us. Love all your questions. A big thank you to Casey Fleming, the CEO of Black Ops Partners for taking time. It's late in this evening, but doing this, you know, at what is close to, I think 9 p.m. now, but thank you very much for what you have shared. And I uh, look forward Thank to you. seeing you when you are here in Australia. We should do this again. Absolutely. And it's my pleasure. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye, everyone.